Podcast episode 277. Your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And man, what a day, what a time to be alive. I know that's a cliche if you hang out with me a lot. I say that all the time. Sometimes earnestly, sometimes ironically, sometimes just to get a laugh or a grin out of someone. But damn it, today I mean it. As I record this, January 20th, what a day, what a time to be alive. And it's amazing. I had planned to do a solo episode early in 2021. Just needed to get the taste of 2020 out of my mouth, out of all of our mouths. And I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do or what I wanted to say or how I I wanted to tackle it. And I decided, as I was thinking about this week, which, first of all, had some challenges. There was no school on Monday, which is fine. Tuesday, one of my daughters was sick, so I kind of lost a day of work there, kind of threw a wrench in my week. I was feeling a little bit down. I was kind of dragging ass after the weekend. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to record this today. Let's see how things go on Wednesday. Because like a lot of people, I was kind of holding my breath. I didn't know what was coming. After January 6th, I kind of felt like anything was possible. But today came... And I dropped my kids off at school. You know, my daughter was feeling better. And I sat down and I was just kind of grumpy from the morning. And like, there's always a lot to do when you're a parent. And I sat down and turned on the TV. And what was playing was the inauguration. I just had it on one of the news channels. I think it was the local NBC affiliate. And I go, oh, right. Like, that happens in the morning. I wasn't really thinking about it. My mind was occupied with my day-to-day, you know, fucking bullshit. Like it always is. Because when you're a parent, it never stops. Like it literally never, ever ends. You always have shit to do. You're always thinking about the next thing. Yesterday, I had to make a chart for everything that one of my daughters wants to do. Like she wants to start earning money, which, okay, she's six. And she already gets the society we live in, apparently. So we came up with some stuff, you know, it's like brush your hair every day, put your toys away, bring your dishes up to the sink, all that kind of stuff. So as I'm just sort of going through the tasks, I sat down, I turned on the TV and I go, oh, right. Okay. This is happening. And I found myself overcome just with a lot of different emotions. And I wasn't exactly prepared for it. And I'll give you some context into my feelings on the last president here in a minute, but In terms of today, when they announced, at the time, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, I actually got choked up. And I go, okay, wow, okay, what's happening? Politically, I haven't really formed an opinion of her. I haven't followed her career. I've intentionally been limiting my news intake. Like, I know what's going on, but I'm not doing the deep dives and the doom scrolling that I used to. But I found myself tearing up. And it reminded me of the way I felt four and a half years ago in November of 2016. I remember thinking, man, if for no other reason, and you can think I'm a cheesy dickhead for this, I don't care. If for no other reason, it would be really cool 
if Hillary Clinton gets elected because my daughter's at that point, 2016, right? November of 2016. I had one daughter born in October of 2014 and another daughter born in July of 2016. I thought they would never, ever know a time in their lives when a woman couldn't be president, when she couldn't hold the highest office in the land. And I thought, what a neat thing. Because at some point, we all kind of grow up and we realize, boy, that's been a shit lot of dead white guys or alive white guys in many cases. And it wasn't until Obama was elected that you go, oh, cool. All right. Finally, someone besides just some white dude actually gets to hold the highest office in the land. Maybe they have some different ideas. Maybe they bring some different life experience to the highest office. That's kind of a good idea, don't you think? It's always nice to get a diversity of opinions and experiences and kind of uh, the way you move through life in what is regarded as the most important job in the entire world. And so I started tearing up. And they just kept announcing this parade of people, and I saw everyone sitting there. I was really pleased to see Vice President Pence there. I was thrilled to see the Obamas there and the Clintons and the Bushes. And the living presidents were there, and they they see this guy come up. And then Joe Biden walks down. And they see him, and they kind of know that he knows. And that's exciting, because the job of president without being a career narcissist and a grifter and a criminal and someone who's gone bankrupt many times and a reality TV star and someone who feuds with Rosie O'Donnell. Absent all of that, you kind of go, okay, here's someone ready for the job. And to see him walk down, I go, oh my God, like we're kind of going back to the country that I know and that I recognize And man, what a feeling that was. I was overcome the entire time. And like some corny goober, which I don't know about you, okay? So I don't want to get into the whole anthem controversy about athletes, you know, kneeling before games during the national anthem. I don't want to talk about that. Don't email me. Don't at me about this. But I think I speak for most people when I say if we're watching a sporting event or anything in our homes where the national anthem is played, how many times do you actually stand up? And put your hand over your heart and listen to the national anthem and listen to it intently. For me, it's almost never. And I don't know if I'm the outlier here, if that makes me a bad person or what. But I don't recall ever being anywhere where a sporting event was played where people at home stood up and actually like engaged with the anthem. Today, I did that. Tears streaming down my face because it felt like we were coming back to something more that resembled the country that I know and the country that I think we aspire to be. Now, that's not to say we're perfect. We have plenty of work to do. And I grant that. I agree with that. I, there's no argument here. And I'm happy to dig in and do the work. I'm happy to listen to marginalized voices, people who have been subjugated, people who have been outright stepped on by the government, by society. I want to lift those voices up. And today felt like at least a step in the right direction to rectifying that. Instead of the rhetoric of vitriol, of hate, of division, of grandiosity, of grandstanding, I didn't realize just how beaten down I was by four years of that, of having a president dominate a consciousness 
in the way that our previous president just did. And so today, I saw so many posts on social media. As you know, or maybe you don't know, I deleted social media off my phone. I'm kind of creeping back into it, which I'm not thrilled about. But I did like a hard break for a long time. But I saw so many people just write, exhale. And that's kind of how it felt. Now, what's interesting to me is I interviewed someone on this show not that long ago. It's Dr. Brian Ott. And he is the chair of the communications department at Missouri State University and also former professor of mine. He was on my thesis committee, someone I deeply, deeply admire. He wrote a, and again, I'm not editing here, but he wrote a book called The Twitter Presidency, uh, the, the Politics of White Rage and Donald J. Trump. And he made a distinction between Trump voters and Trump supporters. And it's one that's always kind of stuck with me because a Trump voter is someone who kind of, in my estimation, is willing to forgive a lot because they believe in some of the things that come with voting for Donald Trump, whether you believe in a conservative Supreme Court. By some measure, this was a successful presidency for you. Right? If you use that one metric in terms of conservative versus liberal Supreme Court justices, this was a successful presidency for you. Uh, perhaps you actually like that tax reform that was passed uh, through Congress. Now, personally, and I'm not going to name any names here, I know that people who uh, have done my taxes have said this is the worst and dumbest thing that's ever been written. And just simply by the way it was passed, things are scribbled in the margins, and they kind of left it up to rank-and-file professionals to just figure it out on their own. That's no way to run a railroad to me. But again, that's something we can debate about as adults, like the benefits and the efficacy of tax reform, whether that actually hits the middle class, whether that actually hits someone less than the 1%. Again, we can have a give and take about that. That's real. That's fine. That's a difference in policy, and I'm happy to do that anytime. So I think about Trump voters. That's what I'm talking about here. People who are willing to excuse a lot to get some very specific ends that kind of come along for the ride here. My argument is I don't think Donald Trump ever gave a shit about any of that. I don't think any of that matters. It was all in service of some kind of self-serving end, something to which was self-gratifying, and that whatever happened you know, like as, as part of that process was largely accidental and kind of coincidental. That's my take on it. Okay. You can feel free to disagree with me or not. That's your prerogative. And then there are Trump supporters. And when you think of Trump supporters, you think of some of the loudest people you've ever met or seen in your life. You picture what happened two weeks ago on the Capitol steps, sieging the Capitol, attempting sedition, attempting an insurrection, trying to interrupt a constitutionally mandated process, and chanting things like, hang Mike Pence. You think about the deep end to which these people have gone off and followed this man who, it bears mention, doesn't care about any of these people. The thing that's so mystifying to me is that Trump hates guns, doesn't go to church, 
is a teetotaler, which is really neither here nor there. But tell me some of those folks <laughs> weren't on something. And it is a man who was born into extreme wealth and privilege and lives in a Manhattan penthouse adorned with solid gold while he commutes between there and Palm Beach, one of the most expensive zip codes in the entire country. The people in middle America who look at this guy and go, yep, that's my guy. That's him. He cares about me. He tells it like it is. I cannot get there. It does not make sense to me. So let's put those folks aside for a minute because I doubt any of them actually listen to this show. And if they do, welcome. It's nice to have you. This is going to be a bumpy ride. But for everyone else, even if you were a Trump voter, even if you're willing to excuse a lot for Supreme Court justices or tax reform or regulation rollback or whatever the talking point is, whatever the, the actual policy end is, that, again, I would argue happens accidentally, isn't it nice to not have this person in your consciousness forever and ever and ever? I've never in my life, so I'm almost 40, had a president that I had to think about so often and so frequently and the sheer act of that was absolutely draining and exhausting. And so when I see all the posts that say exhale, I think to myself, yeah, okay, we're all kind of feeling the same thing. I would love to go like a week or two weeks or whatever and not really think about the president in any great depth. And that's kind of my hope here because I think... I had taken for granted the ways in which our systems actually work a lot of the time. Now, again, that's not to say that they're perfect, but they work a lot of the time to the extent that we don't even have to think about it. And when you think back on this past presidency, it was exposed just how fragile they are if you have an administrator in charge of them who is either negligent or outright doesn't care, or is too incompetent to marshal the forces necessary to run them efficiently. And so when I think about that, and I watch today, and I see the peaceful transition of power, I was overcome. I cried so much. Literally, I was incredibly happy. And that's over a guy like Joe Biden, who... <laughs> is a guy like I voted for, and I'm happy to tell you that I certainly didn't vote for Donald Trump, but I gladly and proudly voted for him. But a guy who I kind of find milk toast, right? This is a guy who was in the Senate for how many years and what was his signature accomplishment there? Think about that for a minute. Can you name it? Like what piece of legislation has his name on it? What did he champion more than anyone else? What, what was his noteworthy accomplishment? I can't think of it. So again, there are 100 senators. How many can you name? Right? Think about that. I can name a handful, but I happen to work in government. I know a good portion of the senators 
off the top of my head, I've met a very small amount of them. But the fact that he stands in such contrast and the fact that standing with him is Vice President Harris, who represents not only the first woman, the first African-American woman, the first Asian-American woman, man, that's a beautiful day. And the fact that President Biden got up there and didn't talk about America in carnage on his very first day in office, which, by the way, I'm like the last person to know this. The way Trump left the country was in carnage. And now my hope is that it's time to heal. And that doesn't mean coming together in unity or forgetting what happened because my suspicion is there's going to be a lot of amnesia about the sheer volume of political cowardice that we've encountered in this country in the last four years. I don't want them to forget that. And there is a bill due, and I think there's a receipt coming. But that is to say that this feels like a step in the right direction. And on a personal note, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. That's not really my thing. But turning the calendar felt particularly important this year. And I can tell you personally, I am eating better. I've started on another weight loss journey. i got to work off all this COVID weight. I'm exercising more. I'm drinking less. And I'm trying to improve my outlook because over the last year in particular, and the last three years generally, It's been easy to fall into despair, into nihilism, into fuck it all, who gives a shit. Those are very familiar feelings to me over the last four years. And it's amazing to me just how much the tone that's set at the top matters. And when the tone is always on the attack... And even if you support the president, even if you, the, the former president, even if you support him, it's an exhausting way to live where you are constantly highlighting enemies and grievances and wrongdoings and living in paranoia at all times. God damn, man, doesn't that just wear you out? The fact that we don't have to live in the shadow of that anymore, the fact that I won't see my president emboldening racists and seditionists out on the Capitol steps and telling them we're going to march to Congress. God damn, that just feels good. And so I sit here, I've done my work today, I've been catching up, and I've been looking outside, and it's a beautiful day here in Denver. It's like 55 degrees. It's the middle of January. The sun is shining. And I'm just thinking, man, what a good start. What a great place to be. And the fact that I get to bring you this dumb show, man, that fills my heart with joy. I had a conversation yesterday, and it's one that will go up next week on this show. And it's one that is just very near and dear to my heart. Because it's someone whose work I've admired for like 25 years. And it's someone whose work I still engage with regularly on a near daily basis. 
and the fact that he was so warm and so generous and so grateful for his fans and for the opportunity and for the things he's doing now. And the fact that I get to be a conduit for that and bring that to you, man, I don't take that for granted, especially now. I mean, we've all been trapped in our homes. And I will say 2020, if there was kind of one good thing that came out of it, was my show was on another level this year, man. Learning how to do this remotely and then reaching out to people who were all stuck at home too, suddenly everyone was available. So the profile of my guests went up quite a bit. And that's to say nothing of, you know, the previous six years I've done this show. By the way, it's going to be year seven here coming up at the end of March. The previous six years were all great too. And anyone who was goodly enough to sit down and chat with me about what they do, how they do it, how they got here, and what makes them successful is forever in my good graces, and I will remain in their debt. But this year in particular... Just the fact that people were willing to sit down with me. They didn't know me. You know, they're, they're like strangers. And they go, yep, I'll sit down. Let's talk about this. Makes me feel amazing. And the fact that you're here listening to me and indulging my bullshit in the first 15 minutes of this episode where I kind of talk about the president. And let me just say this. If you supported the president, if you voted for him, look, I don't hate you. I don't relate to your choice. I don't empathize with your choice. And I'm not thrilled with your choice if you were a supporter of Donald Trump. But you know what? I don't hate you. You made your choice. You understood what that choice actually has along with it. How am I trying to say this? Anytime you vote for a political party, and I own this too. Look, I'm a grown man. I I own my decisions. I'm not thrilled with all of Joe Biden's plans, right? I don't agree with all of them, particularly in terms of energy, because that's where I've spent my life's work. And I know the policies inside and out. And I think he's either misguided at best or being disingenuous at worst. I can't ascribe a motive to him. And I'm not in the mood to do that today. But listen, I understand that when you vote for someone, you get all of them. You don't get to pick and choose the parts that you get. You get all of it. So for those of you who voted for Donald Trump, fine. That's your choice. This is a democracy. We live with our choices. But also understand that there are those of us who look at that and go, I cannot fathom how and why you would do this. It's mystifying in a lot of ways. So I'll just say, from here on out, I hope we're a little kinder to each other. I hope we work to improve our empathy. I hope that we work to build bridges where none existed before. And I think you've heard me say this. That's the purpose of this show. If I had to boil it down to one thing, that's it. That's what I want. Because I care about you. I care about the future of this country. And I want us all to be better. That's all I care about. That's all that matters to me. And in my own little way, that's what I aspire to do with this show, and I cannot do it without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I hope and wish you a good 2021. Because regardless of whether or not you were excited for President Biden, I am. I'm excited for a change in tone. I'm excited for a change in direction. 
I'm excited to give it a shot. Whether you find yourself in the same mindset or not, my hope is we're all, all a little bit kinder to each other, a little bit nicer, a little bit more empathetic, a little bit more understanding, and that we try. So I adore you. I wish you health. I wish you happiness. I wish you prosperity. And I wish you fulfillment as we go forward into the new year. Let's play the outro. John of All Trades Podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. Training, content, engagement, and podcasting is always for you, your business, or your organization to tell its story. Hit me up, J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E.us. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. Building a website, social media marketing, online advertising, campaign building, whatever it is, 4Degrees can help you reach the people who need to hear your message the most and make sure that message is optimized. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Stay up with me on the socials. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram, all at the same handle, J-O-A-T pod. Facebook is the only place for exclusive episode previews. Those go up on Mondays. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, a billion other podcatchers, or of course at the homepage, johnofalltrades.us. It's J-O-N of alltrades.us. And hey, leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button, brand new episodes will come directly to you. You're not going to want to miss next week. It's a great, great show. It's one I'm supremely excited about. And again, it's someone that I love, as are you. So thank you for listening to this show. Have a great 2021. And stick with me. I got great episodes coming down the pipe. So until I hear you again, be good to each other. Be good to yourself. And say goodnight, Tracy. That's good, Johnny.